0: This podcast is made possible by Sage People and U.S. Bank.
1: Hi, this is Rob Cornog, CFO of Punchbowl Social, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is episode 431.
1: I sit in a meeting like that, and I sit at a table like that, the question I ask myself is, how do I make the other people at this table more successful? And I think that is what a strategic CFO tries to do, whether that's the official definition of strategic CFO or not, that's typically how I think about it. So,
0: From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Cian Wang, CFO of FastSpring, a startup SaaS developer. What makes Cian's startup CFO tale compelling is that unlike many startup leaders, he has invested portions of his career in some entirely unexpected places, including Wall Street, where he spent the early part of his career as a corporate attorney, or at McKinsey and Company, where he was a consultant, or more recently, in some rather sizable technology companies. How he found his way to Fastspring, and well, finance, is what makes for an unusual career journey. I think you'll agree. We begin after these words from our sponsor. Hello, Jack here. I have a message for you from the folks at Sage People. Decisions about your people should be driven by data. But is your HR department still using spreadsheets to keep track of your people? It's time to move to cloud. Understand what makes your employees tick. Know your best performers or determine absence trends, all with a cloud HR and people system. Sage people empowers organizations to respond quickly and easily to changing priorities in today's shifting world of work. It means you can make sure your workforce is able to adapt while staying connected and engaged wherever they are. Discover how to get instant insights at your fingertips. Visit us today at sageintact.com forward slash Dash people. We've been speaking with Cian Wang, CFO of FastSpring, and we're going to be asking Cian to step into the mentoring round with us next. But first, we have a thought leadership minute for you. This one was also from a recent uh, human capital conference we were attending. I think you might find it interesting. Again, we believe talent is top of mind for finance. Hello, we're at the HR Tech Conference, and we're pleased to have the opportunity to catch up with Scott Gutz, CEO of Monster Worldwide. Scott, how do you make a
2: great hire? You know... You can do as much as is humanly possible during an interview process. You can make judgments based upon academic record, based on employment experience. You can make judgments after a series of short meetings that takes place between yourself, if it's going to be a direct report, uh, meetings that take place with your other direct reports with that candidate. And I think you could do everything possible to say, will this person fit in an organization? And you certainly always have to go through those steps, especially when you're hiring someone at an executive level. But I would say that it's usually two months, three months, six months before you fully understand whether or not you've made the right hire. And I think once you've determined whether or not all of those steps that you have taken result in someone that you're really proud of and you're happy to be working with, I think you do your best to sort of um, replicate those steps when you move through the process again. It's never perfect. There are always situations that exist from a business perspective, from a personal perspective that may make things work really well, that may strain certain things. But I would say that that it's mostly due diligence in the hiring process, combined with sort of the real experience of working with that person, both in the good times and bad, that ultimately let you know, have I hired the right person?
0: Scott Gutz, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, Jack. My pleasure.
0: The rest of our conversation with Scott Gutz, CEO of Monster, can be heard immediately following our interview with Sian. Think of it as a listener's bonus, courtesy of U.S. Bank, sponsor of this thought leadership minute, and who's about to share a few words of its own. But don't go anywhere. We're turning the knob on the mentoring round with Sian Wang after these words. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. Seeing, I uh, threw a few extra questions your way, but we're finally here. We're finally entering the mentoring round. Let me begin by just asking the big question. What's one thing that's exciting you about finance and business today?
1: I think some of the things we've been talking about um, in the last hour or so I find very exciting for the for people in the financial profession. I think the, the role of a finance organization in organizations, especially tech companies, I can't speak for consumer goods or industrials or other organizations, and so I don't know whether tech is kind of leading the charge in this way, but in, you know, per my earlier discussion, I'm not a lifer in finance. I've been only doing this job for like seven years, which is you know, not nothing, but it's not 25 years. But what I'm seeing is a movement, you know, like I said, the, the core finance role is only going to be what we talked about. I'm seeing a movement more to kind of what is strategic finance and how can finance use that kind of tool set that we talked about to impact the, 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 the organization at large and just go beyond the kind of core Excel sitting in your cube type financial role that I think has been uh, typical of finance orgs in the past. So I think that's what's exciting about finance today, especially in the tech industry. When you found yourself really
0: on, on the finance path, and maybe it was uh, at Intuit, and then of course you stepped into the CFO role at Steelhouse, but what is it that you wish someone had told you? There was something about you know, finance leadership that maybe would have been useful uh, had you known sooner. What what might that have been? Um, good question.
1: I think for someone like me who is not a CPA, and most people a lot of people in my first profession are CPAs. Um you have to there's a lot of issues that come up in accounting. So even though I spent a lot of time talking about um kind of how you go beyond the accounting how you go beyond that kind of first circle, Um, I think accounting remains kind of the core of what a CFO does, and you need to kind of be more than conversant in it, but you have to be able to kind of speak the language of the auditor when an issue kind of crops up. And so I took a bunch of accounting in business school and when I was in law school. I'm not a CPA but i would say if anyone if there's one piece of advice that i wish someone gave me earlier on it's like you know make sure that you're able to kind of go fairly deep on any accounting issue you don't necessarily have to be an expert in it but when an issue comes up you have to you can't delegate a key thing that's going to affect your audit and so accounting remains a big part of this job and i think um especially for someone like me who does not come from an accounting background You've got to kind of shore up that part of your uh, that part of your
0: game. What's a personal characteristic that you have that you feel has helped pr- propel you in your career, advance you perhaps in your career? What might that have been? I would say that
1: the part I think that has been most helpful for me is um, number one: you have to be interested in finance. You have to be interested in accounting, finance. You know, that type of thing. But secondly, I think the thing that's been most helpful for me is you have to be interested and have a love for business, right? You have to be on the love for kind of business decision-making, even beyond the finance and the accounting. So to, to our earlier discussion, you know, we have a choice of acquiring company A, B, or C. Which should it be and Why? You know, we're expanding internationally. Should we start in the U.K., Brazil, or China, and why? You know, we have an extra million bucks in the budget. Should we double down on product A, B, or C, and why? Those types of decisions, I think, are what make the job interesting. Um, And I think, um, you know, uh, that's what kind of, gets me out of bed every morning, and that's why I enjoy doing what I do. Is there a, a book you'd recommend to aspiring
0: finance leaders?
1: Yeah, um, I think a book that is that I kind of look at every few years is a book called The Five Patterns of Extraordinary Careers, and I think uh, that's written by a fellow. His last name is Citrin. I, I think his first name is Jim, but don't quote me on that. I think it's available on Amazon. And I found this book very helpful because I think one of the things that everyone needs to figure out is what is the right career for them, what is the right area for them. Is it finance or is it somewhere other than finance? And one of the big takeaways in this book is, you know, you need to find a role where you have a passion about the subject matter area. Number two, it's something you're good at. And number three it has people you like working with, the types of people you like working with, and if you can kind of get all those three, you'll be you'll be kind of happy and successful in your career. So that's a book that had a lot of impact on me, and I still kind of refer to every now and then to this day, even though I've kind of first read it about fifteen years ago.
0: okay, our final question what are your what are your priorities as a finance leader over the next twelve months? Well, you know I
1: think that. As for company our size, about 100 people, we're very focused on how do you accelerate revenue growth. And that's probably, that might describe every CFO's role. But I think especially with us, you know, we have a new kind of equity sponsor. We've done very well historically in terms of year-on-year revenue growth. Um, But as as we talked about, as we kind of climb the inflection point of the S-curve, I think we're trying to figure out how, how high high it can be. That would involve greater international expansion, maybe improving our, uh, expanding our product offering, um, improving our user interface and user experience and the like. And so there's a lot of potential levers and a lot of choices we have. But that been.
0: We're speaking to Scott Gott, CEO of Monster Worldwide. Scott, welcome. Thank you, Jack. Good to have you with us. Scott, as always, we want to find out about Monster Worldwide's offerings today. But first, uh, we want to find out a little bit about you and how your professional life intersected with Monster Worldwide.
2: Thank you, Jack. Well, I started my career with the infamous Arthur Anderson. I moved from Arthur Anderson to Oracle Corporation, so that was my first foray into the technology world. Uh, From Oracle Corporation, I moved to Amadeus, where I spent the last 17 years. Amadeus was a leader in the uh, travel technology space. That brought me to Monster. If I think about a comparison between previous experience and Monster, I would say that at Amadeus, we operated a two-sided business model and at Monster, we also operate a two sided business model with employers on one side and jobs with candidates on the other. So for me that's one of the intersecting points between my prior career and Amadeus and now moving to Monster.
0: Can you tell us about the customer mix today, whether it's large accounts or mid size? What's the what's the makeup?
2: So from an employer perspective, if we look at the jobs that are on Monster today, I would like to say that we don't discriminate. We are serving enterprise customers, customers in major categories, uh, small and mid-sized business customers, and we also serve staffing agencies. So if you think about all of the different entities that come together in order to uh, create jobs and to fill jobs, we're, we're looking at them as the employer job side of our ecosystem.
0: Is there an obstacle, you've been, uh on the other side of the the door, 60 days here. Is there an obstacle that you see that needs to be addressed for Monster to really open its next chapter of growth?
2: So you're absolutely correct. I've been at Monster now for two months. I would say that the obstacles that are impacting Monster are actually impacting the industry overall. If you think about the fact that for the first time in our history, there are actually more jobs that are posted than there are candidates, that creates quite an interesting world where the candidate is king so if we look at our two-sided business model with employer on one and candidate on the other first and foremost we have to help employers sort of differentiate themselves relative to their competition we need to help them post uh, job ads that are interesting and compelling we need to help them sort of put forth a message about what they do why they do it and the type of candidates they're looking for on the candidate side It's about helping a candidate understand the journey that they're about to embark upon. We want them to understand what they want to do from a career perspective. We want to help them understand their attributes based upon a psychological view that says you would be a perfect candidate for these types of jobs. And then ultimately, we want to do the best possible job from a match and recommendation perspective of bringing employers together with candidates.
0: Now, uh, I know Monster uh, Studios is rather new. Can you tell us something about how this uh, video operation serves your clients.
2: Sure, in the context of what I just shared about the fact that it is difficult for employers to fill jobs, if you think about employers creating videos about a global, let's say, enterprise customer that says we operate in, in 100 different markets, we're the global leader in X or Y, that doesn't really tell a candidate a lot about where they may work and where they may fit. The concept behind Monster Studios is that a real hiring manager says, Hi, I'm this hiring manager from ABC organization. I work in this location. I have a team of 16 people. We're looking to hire a person who will do these things. You'll work with this group of people. Picture a group of people waving sort of behind. And a candidate suddenly has an idea that this is the person I'd be working for. This is the atmosphere in which i would work." look, those are the type of people that I'd be working with, and a candidate then has the opportunity to self-select. They could say, boy, that looks like a super place for me to work, I'm going to apply, or that looks like something that really doesn't fit my personality, I think I'm going to pass. The ultimate, expectation is that we will increase levels of conversion by allowing candidates a better perspective and, in fairness, hiring managers, the ability to say, this is what we're about, are you interested, with the expectation that the candidates that are coming have already self-selected and said, I think I want to be there. So Monster Studios is allowing sort of the hiring manager within an organization to create a thirty-second, forty-five-second, one-minute video that allows them to talk about what they do, how they do it, and and who they're looking for.
0: Excuse me. Monster has grown both organically and through acquisition in the past. M and A is still part of the mix. We're sure uh, over the next eighteen months, should we be surprised? Uh, to see uh, Monster make acquisitions.
2: I think the nice thing about operating at Monster is we remain one of the biggest brands in the space. We are constantly being approached by small and medium-sized businesses looking for an opportunity to work with Monster. We are not a organization that uh, believes that we can do everything sort of perfectly well and we can innovate in every possible area. We're actively looking at partners that help us advance in categories that we think are strategic and important. I think you will see you know, continuing partnerships from a Monster perspective. And when we find those organizations where we believe that what they're doing is compelling enough where we want to own that technology asset or we want to be, have that group of people operate as a part of Monster, I would absolutely say that acquisitions would be considered over the next 18 months. And there are multiple categories where al- we're already seeking partnerships and acquisition opportunities.
0: Why would someone want to work at, at Monster today?
2: Well, Monster remains one of the biggest brands in the space. It is an iconic brand within within online recruitment and, and in staffing positions. It is a technology and media company that I think would be attractive to people that are interested in product and in technology and in marketing. Uh, it is operating in a space, we, I should say, are operating in a space where I think we're, we're doing a lot of good. When you think about the fact that we are helping candidates on an employment life journey, and if you think about we're helping employers fri- find the right people to help them grow and prosper, I actually think what we're doing is pretty cool. And I, I think the combination of the industry in which we operate, the monster brand, our our desires to advance from a technology product and media perspective, I think makes uh, Monster a pretty cool place to work. So I think I've got a lot to do uh, to make sure that everybody is moving in the right direction, but from an enthusiasm and motivation perspective, I'm really, really happy with the workforce that I've inherited two months down down the path here.
0: Our final question, over the next 12 months, what are your priorities when it comes to growing Monster Worldwide.
2: So I hope this doesn't sound very generic, but I truly believe that when candidates come to Monster, they have to have a fantastic experience, not only in terms of their initial job search, but I really want to be doing a lot of different things to help candidates on their career journey. I want them to understand the attributes that they have. I want to understand their academic background. We want to understand their aspirations. And we really want candidates to think of Monster as the place they come again and again To determine what's my next job, am I in the right job, how do I progress my career? We want Monster to be that type of an experience for candidates. On the employer side, in the context of this very competitive job market in which we operate, and the fact that it's very difficult to fill positions, we're trying to be as creative as possible, Monster Studios being an example, to find ways for employers to differentiate themselves, not only with on a departmental basis, but from a company perspective, from an industry perspective, we're helping them with employer branding, we're helping them move into the social world, we're helping them with programmatic spend in order to deliver all of the right candidates, in fairness, even if they don't come from Monster. And our job then is to make sure that we're doing everything possible from a search and match and recommendation perspective in order to bring those people together. So for me, it's around the journey for the candidate, it's the experience that a candidate has when moving through the system, it's the experience that a candidate has using all of the, that I said, should have said, employer has using all of the different employer solutions that we make available, and we ultimately will judge ourselves based upon the outcomes. Have we helped an employer? fill a number of different jobs? Have we helped an employer fill a critical job that they've had a really hard time finding the right candidate for? And have we allowed candidates to progress effectively on their journey? If we do all of those things right, I think the growth potential for Monster is unlimited.
0: Scott Gutz, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you, Jack, my pleasure.
0: Thought Leader listeners, whether you've already ascended into the ranks of finance leaders or have only just begun the journey, your professional narrative needs a reboot. Join our email list at cfothoughtleader.com and receive my latest email series, Finance and the Power of Narrative. It's time to mobilize the past to achieve your goals. Thank you for listening.